Today on Bold Steps with Mark Job, we're learning about the power of persistent prayer. God says because of your boldness and your belief that God can open the door, that because of that insistent and boldness that God releases into your life. That's the power of persistent prayer. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Mark is here in the studio with me today. We're going to be continuing our study of the Sermon on the Mount. Mark, I understand that Jesus wants us to understand the necessity of persisting in prayer, and so he asks a couple of important questions. He says, what father doesn't want to give good gifts to his children, and what parent would ignore his child's request? What do you make of Jesus' questions here? Wayne, you know what I love about this passage is that Jesus is inviting us to be bold and persistent uh, before him. When I had small children, uh, sometimes I would say, don't bother me because they would come, daddy, daddy, can I have this? You take them to the store and they're pulling, can I have this? Can I have that? But the father is the opposite. He's saying, I invite you to be persistent. I want Mm. to see your heart. I want to know what you really, really want. And so seek, knock, ask. I mean, this is an invitation to press in to the throne room of God. Yeah. Jesus is really asking us to consider his questions very seriously. So let's get after it with today's message from Matthew chapter 7. Here's Mark Job. I run into people all the time that have this skewed idea of God that somehow God doesn't want you to prosper or that God is sort of out there to try to trip you. I had a brother that told me that he grew up his whole life feeling like God was out to get him. And once in a while he'd raise his fist to God and say, okay God, so you got me this time or what? What else do you have? This messed up idea of God, that God for some reason is out there trying to give you a flat tire, trying to make things go bad. He's just out there to try to make your life miserable. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, God is good. He says, hey, which of you, if you have a son, and let's just say my eight-year-old son, Grant, I got an eight-year-old that likes to eat a lot. Boy, he's got, he must have a hollow leg. Because he eats and he eats a lot. And if my son Grant would come to me and say, Hey, Dad, you know, I'm really hungry right now. Can you, can you make me a ham sandwich with a, a, a little tomato on it and just a dab of mayonnaise like I like it? And I say, Sure, son, no problem. Wink, wink. <laughs> and I go to the cupboard and I pull out some whole wheat bread. And I, I go out to the driveway and I get a nice smooth stone. And I put it right in the middle of that whole wheat bread, put a little mayonnaise on it and say, here you go, son, try this. You would say, what kind of sicko dad are you? I mean, you need therapy. They have 12-step groups for people like you. I was like, okay, I'm sorry I did that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So my son says, hey, dad, can I have a, a fish uh, can I have some fish? No, no problem, son. Here you go. Here's some fish. And I, I go in the, in the yard and I find a snake. And, and when he's really hungry and ready to eat, I throw a snake on. I say, here you go, son. And he jumps back. You say, man, that, that is, that's ludicrous. 
What kind of father would ever do that? And Jesus says, exactly. If you are just aghast that a dad would even think of doing that kind of thing, then how much more your heavenly father, who is good and perfect and loves you, how much more do you think that he is willing and wanting to give good gifts to his children? That's the heart of God. And that's what he says. He says, and if you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask him? Now, there's a parallel passage to this. Most of you know this, but there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all have to do with the life of Jesus and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But they're written from four different perspectives. Four different people wrote those Gospels. So sometimes they tell the t same story, but from a different perspective. Or sometimes they tell uh, different stories or add to the story that's been told. Well, there's a parallel passage in Luke chapter 11. And Luke, who was a doctor, is telling the same story. Uh, he, he, he adds a little bit to the story that we don't find in Matthew. And so you can keep your finger in Matthew, and you can go to Luke chapter 11. And he, it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's the same story. But he adds this story that Matthew doesn't state. And I want to read this story to you because I think it emphasizes a point that we don't quite capture in the Matthew passage. In Luke chapter 11, verse 5, he says, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight, and he says, Hey, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked, and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not give up to give him the bread because he's a friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And then Jesus says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. What's Jesus saying? Well, he tells a story. Jesus often told stories to illustrate points. And he says, hey, let's just suppose that you live in a let's kind of fast forward 2,000 years and let's just say suppose you live in an apartment building and you have unfortunately you have a large family of your relatives visiting from Kentucky and they have seven kids and they kind of show up to your house at midnight and say guess what hi cousin we just decided we'd drop by and see oh no them again so you open up the door you say come on in your wife gets out all her hair's all straggled. she says we have nothing there's no I was gonna go shopping tomorrow I have no milk no bread nothing and these people are hungry so you go to your neighbor next door and you knock on his door at midnight and you hear someone on the other side say who is it hey this is your neighbor next door I was wondering if you can open up the door and loan me a little bread and a little milk cuz I got relative and he says Go away. My kids are in bed. My wife's already started to snore. Go away. I Don't bother me. But you stay there. 
and you say, come on, just a little bread, really, I need some help. I mean, it really, I, I won't bother you anymore. Come on, I'll give you back. I'll pay a little interest on it. I'll give you, hey, I'll buy you extra loaf of bread tomorrow. And Jesus says, your neighbor will get up and give you everything that you've asked, not because of the friendship, but because you're being so bold and so insistent that he says, okay, take it. And then Jesus says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So what are you saying, Pastor, that God's like a grouchy neighbor? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the point of Jesus' story is this. That when people are bold and insistent and hang on, and keep asking, and aren't dissuaded, and because of their boldness and their insistence, and God, I'm going to come before you, and I'm not going to let go, and I'm going to keep asking, I'm going to keep seeking, because I, you've placed the desire on my heart, and I will not let go. That God says, because of your boldness, and your belief that God can open the door, that because of that insistent and boldness that God releases into your life. That's the power of persistent prayer. Now, of course there are some limitations on that. That needs to be qualified by how we ask because in James it also tells us that sometimes we ask and we have not because we ask to spend on our own pleasures. And some people have taken this teaching and have abused it and have sort of, sometimes we call it the, the blab it, grab it theology or the name it, claim it theology. And you just kind of, hey, hey, if I ask for whatever I want, some people have read these verses, ask for whatever you want in Jesus' name, he'll give it to you and say, great. Man, I've always wanted a big Rolls Royce. Oh God, a Rolls Royce in Jesus' name. Man, Lord, if you gave me a big Rolls Royce, a new one, the latest model, I would even put a sticker on the back that says, Jesus prospers you, and that would give you a lot of glory. Well, the Bible says, hey, watch out that you not ask for things to spend on your own pleasure as well, because you can ask for the wrong motives. And sometimes if we're asking for something that's just for our own pleasure and our own motives, that God says, wait a second. I'm not going to answer that prayer just so you'll spend on your own motives and then you're going to get all obsessed with your car and you're not going to want to take people to church in it because they might get it dirty and you're not going to want to park in the parking lot because you think someone may ding it. I, I went to get coffee the other day and I, I was getting in my car and I had a Starbucks coffee actually in my hand and I had opened the door, and you know how your door opens so far, and if you hit it a little bit more, it opens a little bit further? And it just happened to tap the car next door to me. Uh-oh. It wasn't a big tap. And I looked there, and the guy's sitting in his car. <laughs> well, it was just a little tap. I'm trying to be polite. He looks over real fast like this, and I kind of wave at him like, sorry, buddy. He gets out of his car comes around the side, gets down, he looks at his car like that, and he said, you dinged my car. I said, where? 
And I, literally, I had to like get really close to see it. Like, I said, are you sure that was me? He said, I know that was you. I said, sorry, I, mean, I didn't mean to do it. I, I, I apologize. And, but he wouldn't go away. He's like, oh, man, I waited two years to get this car. I knew I shouldn't have driven it today. I mean, something told me inside, don't drive it, but I drove it anyways. I mean, two years of my life trying to get this car, and now you ding it. And I'm like, uh, I, you know, I apologize, sorry. I'm not really sure what to say now. Nice car, I said. I, you know, it's got nice hubcaps. And he was going on and on. So finally I said, hey, do you want my insurance card? I thought, he's going to take this to insurance place. They're going to laugh at him and they're going to say, where's the dent? I mean, it was so minuscule. And so I gave him my insurance paper. I said, here's my insurance information. I mean, if you want to file a claim, go ahead. Uh, this guy needs therapy, man. He's way obsessed about it. So I went back home and he told me the name of his car. He says that he had a Celine car. Never heard of Celine car. Looked it up on the internet. A brand new car like he had. $550,000 car, over half a million dollar car, and I had to ding his car. <laughs> After I realized that this is a half a million dollar car, I was a little more sympathetic with the guy. I, I felt a little worse about that I had dinged it, and thank God he didn't go after my insurance, and, uh, and I promised I'd be a lot more careful. But you know, you can ask for things to spend on your own pleasure. And Jesus says, you know, this is not about abusing it, but I want you to understand that God is good. God is good. God loves you. He loves to give good gifts. I mean, when He gives a gift, He gets excited about giving a good gift. That's Mark Job, and we'll continue the message in just a moment, so stay with us here on Bold Steps. And we want to remind you that you can always access our daily programs and catch up on anything you might have missed on the radio by going online to boldstepsradio.org. Or listen straight from your phone or smart device by opening up your podcast app and searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Remember, click the subscribe button and leave a five-star review or a comment to help other listeners find out about this program. And if you'd like to get even more connected, perhaps tell us more about your testimony and how Bold Steps has played a part in your spiritual growth, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us a message online at boldstepsradio.org. Or give us a call and leave your message by dialing 312-329-2011. That's 312-329-2011. Now back to the message. Mark has a final point to make on the topic of revolutionary prayer. But then he goes on and he says, and the last point that Jesus makes, your heavenly Father loves to give good gifts. And by the way, James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above. It's from the Father of life. God doesn't give you bad things. Now, bad things may happen to your life, but God is not the author of evil. Nothing evil comes from the heart of God. He didn't invent evil. He didn't create evil. He doesn't throw evil into your life because He's the author of good. Every good and perfect thing comes from above. You need to get that clear. Verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. 
For this sums up the law and the prophets. You say, well, what does that have to do with prayer? I mean, it's almost like Jesus is one of those CDs and he skips a track because he jumps to a different topic. What's up? What's he talking about? Oh, no. Jesus didn't skip a track. The way we treat others has a lot to do with the way our prayers are answered. Did you realize that? And we find it in other parts of scriptures, not just here. God cares about how you treat others and sometimes the answer to prayer that is coming your way depends on how you are treating people in your close circle of relationships. Uh, let me give you just a couple verses here to remind you about that reality. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, verse 14 and 15, he's teaching us how to pray. And after he tells us the Lord's Prayer, he says, oh, and by the way, you need to forgive other people because if you don't forgive, the forgiveness of God doesn't flow into your life. Oh, so if I'm asking God to forgive me, but I'm not forgiving others, I'm bottlenecking the forgiveness of God in my life. Let me give you another passage. Remember what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7? It's for husbands. It says, hey husbands, treat your wife in a considerate, understanding way as you live with them. In other words, be sensitive, hear them out, understand what they're going through, so that your prayers may not be hindered. What's God saying? God's saying if you treat your wife in a miserable, critical, dysfunctional, belittling way, and you walk in the house and you just are this one of these crabby guys that just slams the door, kicks the dog, bosses your wife around, acts like he's the king of the house, throws his muddy shoes around, flops down on his favorite coffee-stained chair and starts barking out orders without saying hi, hugging his wife, encouraging, and just immediately goes in to complain about how dirty the house is and what you spend all day watching telenovelas. Is that what you did all day when I'm out there working hard? And then you go to pray about this job promotion you need or this new position that's opening up and you go before God and you say, God, see my family. I'm taking the care of this woman you gave me and these kids and Lord, I really need you to come through and you open up your Bible and your wife comes and talks to you. Don't bother me, woman. Can't you see I'm reading the Bible? <laughs> and you go to pray. Here's what God says. God says when you go to pray, God's going to ignore your prayers just like you're ignoring your wife. You don't listen to her. He doesn't listen to you. So that your prayers will not be hindered. You don't forgive others. Forgiveness doesn't flow to you. Because God is saying, listen, you sow what you reap. 
And if you're going to expect the ear of God to come to you, God cares about how you treat other people. And right here in the middle of this asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be open to you, Jesus says, and by the way, treat other people the way you want to be treated because this sums up the law and the prophets. How do you like to be treated? I like people to respect me. I like people to listen to me. I like people to think I have value. I like people to look at me in the eyes when I'm talking and understand what I'm saying. I like to be treated with a little respect and a little bit dignity. I like to be treated well. And Jesus said, treat other people that way then because that has a direct effect on how God listens to your prayer. Pastor, I never thought about it that way. Some husbands are going to run home and buy some flowers. And, honey, honey, I want to talk to you. Talk to me. Listening to you. God's going to say, aha, finally I can listen to your prayer. The bottom line of this whole passage is that Jesus is talking about revolutionary teaching. Is that God is the one that has the ability to answer our prayer and whatever we seek in life, you better make sure you're including God in the process and that you let God know, God, I am dependent on you and that every open door and answer to prayer, I don't do it on my own. I pursue the hand of God. I invite the presence of God and God in His supernatural, powerful, caring way can open up doors like no one else in this world can. Amen? There are some of you here, you have been praying specifically and intentionally about something in life. It may have to do with your marriage, your finances, a health issue, your children, a job situation, a house that's for sale, a relationship that needs to be mended, a decision that you're making that really could affect your life in a big way, a pregnancy that you have desired, a husband that you have wanted for a long time, trusting God for, a godly spouse, and maybe you know right now that you have a specific prayer that burns heavy on your heart, strong on your heart. When you go to God, it always surfaces to the top and you want to bring it before God. But maybe you've been going about it the wrong way. And you know that this word that I have just spoken this morning is a word for you. That God is saying, go beyond asking. Now you need to start seeking and you need to start knocking and you need to start understanding that God is good and depending on Him that way and you need to start fixing your relational issues because it could be hindering your prayer. And today you're determining, God, I will not pursue this without inviting you, but I will be bold and persistent and aggressive in pursuing those things that you've placed on my heart and giving you the honor and the glory.
You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and Mark, today's message really emphasizes just how good our God is and how much He wants to connect with us and answer our needs in His own way. And that's why our special Bold Step gift is so timely. It's a book from renowned teacher and author Dr. Gary Chapman called God Speaks Your Love Language. It's a fascinating faith-building read that reveals how God wants to connect with us through our specific love language. Yeah, and Dr. Gary Chapman, he, he mentions that sometimes people don't seem to experience the love of God uh, in a very personal way. And he believes that one of the problems is that sometimes we're not listening to God in our heart language. Mm-hmm. And so he, he jumps into what it means to listen to God in our heart language. I think you'll find it fascinating, and it could be a very, very helpful tool for those of you that are maybe not sensing uh, that you're connecting with God the way that you would like to. Yeah, once again, it's titled God Speaks Your Love Language, and we'll be happy to send you a copy with your gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Just call 1-800-DL-MOODY. That's 1-800-356-6639. You can also send a gift in the mail by addressing your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And if you'd like to connect with our Bold Steps community, feel free to join us on social media by liking and following our pages on Facebook or Instagram. It's a great way to connect with us in real time, so find us today on either of our pages by searching for Bold Steps Radio. You can also now subscribe to our YouTube channel where you'll find some great video content and special teachings from Mark on subjects ranging from the power of prayer and dealing with grief to what it means to be living on mission. To connect with us on YouTube, search for Bold Steps Radio or type in the handle youtube.com slash at Bold Steps Radio and then tap the subscribe button. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again next time when we'll discover the difference between an authentic representative of God and someone who's faking it. The message is called The Real Thing and is coming up Tuesday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.